Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mapalomaku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on and which you can read more about in the City Press. If you are a regular listener to uh, Mapalo My podcasts or follow us on any medium whatsoever, you will know that we really, really warned about pay, taking these payment holidays uh, that the banks were offering. You know, there's three-month payment holidays on your car, your home loan, your credit card. Because we kept pointing out that the interest continues. The interest is being capitalized. And over time, that's going to have a massive, massive effect. I mean, Mapalo, am I correct? Have you found that a lot of people have listened to us and not taken it? Or are you getting a feeling like, a lot of people have gone and taken this payment holiday. Um, from my tribe, Maya, I think because we keep, we kept on saying over and over that you know what this thing is capitalized. It's not a free holiday that you're just you know going to come back and life continues. I think most people did listen, but I think definitely there are people who are really really had their backs against the wall and they had to go for these payment holidays. So I've had a few people who said you know what I've gone for a payment holiday, but I know the impact it's going to have on my finances, but I didn't have any other choice. So yeah, it's, 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 it's about 50, 50, it's 50, 50. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting questions from people saying, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll just take the payment holiday for three months, take, but give myself a little bit of leeway, oh, wow. you know, even though they didn't need it. And we were like, don't, don't do that guys. This is going to have, do not. Yeah, this is going to have serious, serious consequences. So I think to me, I also, I found like there were people who got it and who understood the impact. Um, and of those, some of them obviously still had their backs against the wall and had to do it. But then I also still found there were people who kind of thought, hmm, that'll be nice. Not to have to pay for three months. So, <laughs> yeah. And then Nedbank came out with figures this week that I found really interesting. And, and I, so I've written about it, obviously. And this was around, around the actual impact, but then also what you can do to get out of that situation, if that makes sense. And I, I must say, I was quite impressed yes. that a bank sent this to me. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> they're not all yeah. bad. Yeah, they're they're not all bad. bad. But you know, Maya, for me, what was completely shocking is that um, in the article I saw, there's about 36,000 people who've actually gone for um, this debt holiday payment on their home loans. So for me, it's really just showing the impact, the huge impact of COVID-19 on households. That is 6,000 Maya. That's, that's just at Nedbank. That's not all the households. banks. And, and Nedbank's, Nedbank. I exactly. think, one of the smallest exactly. banks. I think of, I mean, certainly F&B and ABSA and Centrebank, I think, are bigger in the home loan department than Nedbank. So, so those figures are, you can multiply those by quite a, quite a big number to try and get um, how many people have actually taken it. And I, I think also remember, sure. you could only take it if you were in good standing. So this mm. isn't people who were really struggling. This was people who've made their payments up to that date. So this is not just general. Sure. So if you were, yeah. So if already you were not in good standing and you get knocked on by COVID-19, your income is impacted. So where did those people go? Where, where did the rest of those people go who were already not in good standing? For me, that's the biggest Yeah, worry. I think we must maybe chat about that a little bit later on this podcast because I got some really scary numbers through this week um, just to make us all depressed. But yeah. I think on the... Uh, the <laughs> let's, don't worry, stay on this podcast if you want to be sad. Um, the <laughs> And I think that with the Nedbank numbers, so 35,000 people have taken it, but did you see what the consequences were? So they were they was on a million rand. So they said, Oof. if you take... If you your, your mortgage is a million rand, 
and you're five years into repaying it. So say the balance now is a million rand after five years. You're five years in. So you've got about 180 months to go. And you took three months payment holiday, just three months. So your mortgage is what? 9,650 9, around there? 9,650 yeah, around there. Mm -hmm. So three months of that, you're looking at 28,950. So you've taken 28,950 break. It will add to your home loan 14 months, Mapalo. You've taken a three-month break. Three months we'll and it adds 14, 14 months, months over a year over a year over to a your year. repayments plus a hundred and six thousand rand extra that you would pay than if you didn't take the loan. Okay, so this is twenty-eight thousand versus one hundred and six thousand. That's on your home loan. But I think, Maya, for me, it it really just shows the significance of some of the podcasts that we've done before to say, you know what. Even if it's a hundred bucks that you put into um, your home loan or 500 bucks, that small bit goes a long, long, long way. And this is the reverse of it. Like we, we always talk about that 500 rand, how quickly it'll help pay off your bond. Well, when you don't pay the 500 bucks or you pay yeah. less in, the impact is enormous. And of course, this is because sure. of the length of this. You know, you, you know, you're five years in, you still got 15 years ahead of you. You're 15 years of paying off this capitalized interest of those three months. And that is that compounding interest impact. It is, yes, you know, yes. it, and if people, are, you know, if there's one thing they should be teaching at school, it's how to understand compounding interest, both negative compounding and positive. <laughs> because it, and the and positive, the positive. absolutely. So, um, but anyway, as I said, you know, NetBank came out and, and, and presented those figures, but then they said, this is what you can do to remedy the situation. And this is why I, I, I hats mm. off to them because I haven't actually seen anybody else come up with this number. You know, I haven't had this press release from any other banks. So they said, there's two kind of options. One, so, so they're saying in a year's time, so let's accept that we've written off a year. Okay. It's, if, if you had to take the debt payment holiday, yes. if you didn't have to take it, by the way, guys, just catch it up ASAP. But if you had to take it, your back was against the wall. Say in a year's time, it's now, you know, March next year, March, April next year and things are back to normal, and you're kind of coping again, you need to increase your bond repayments. So they said, if you mm. increased your bond repayment by 5%, so based on their scenario, that's 9,600-odd, if you increased that by 5% to just over 10,000 rand a month, and you just left it, you know, you just increased by 5%, and you let that run for the rest of the period, you would pay off your bond not only in the same time period that you would have if you hadn't taken the debt repayment holiday, but you'd actually yes. shave off about five months as well, which is just like a nice bonus. Oh, okay. Again, it's only yes. 500 rand more a month, by the way. And look at that. It's A, catching mm. up those three months, plus it's shaving off another five months. That's why, again, Mapala, like you said earlier, five those, that 500 bucks makes a big difference. You don't realize it, but it does. A massive yeah. difference. Yeah. But, you know, Maya, okay, I, I'm going to be a bit of a damper here. My frustration is that the economy is not growing. And these assumptions really are based on the fact that people's income will come back up and things will be okay again. But I, I don't know. I just, yeah, today's podcast really, I think, is a bit of a rant as well for myself. That where is the economy going? How are people actually going to get back to the norm, if you can call it that? Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Mm. So... They'll talk about those debt numbers. Yeah. Now, I mean, I hear you. I mean, we're all like saying, oh, well, this is a blip. And I think in many other countries in the world, 
it is a blip. For us, it's not a blip. And yeah. the reason it's not a blip no, is that we were in trouble three years ago, three, four years ago. Before. You were in exactly, big exactly. trouble three, four years ago. Exactly. And, um, exactly. And, and I think, you know, just the other example that they use in NetBank exactly to your point is they're saying, well, in a year's time, you may not have 5% extra. You may not have that 500 bucks extra. But if there you increase go. your bond just by 1% every single year, so you add 100 rand extra each year. So every 12 mm. months, you, in, you add on another 100 and another 100 to your repayments. You will then pay it back. Not only, um, you will actually pay it back nine months before the term loan, original term loan, and you won't, it won't cost you anything extra. Yeah. So I think that that is at least another approach. Um, if you if the economy yeah, can yeah. get back on its feet and you're able to, but you may not be able to do that 5% increase, but you could do 1% mm. every single year. But I think even, even if you year. haven't taken the debt payment holiday, that's just an interesting strategy anyway, mm. Michael. Instead of saying, we always say try and pay yep. more your mortgage. That's a prudent. What about just that 1% every year? What about just committing mm. to that? Mm. You'll, you'll shave off at least nine months of your, of your mortgage, which I think is quite a nice, yeah. Yeah. Quite a nice um, upside. No, that is brilliant. I think I'll actually go for that one because we do put extra, but I think just consciously increasing it every year by just a percent on top of the extra payments that you can make, um, that's just prudent. Yeah, and it also just makes it feel a little bit easier than trying to find that money, you know, all at once and, and well, you know, as, as a lump sum. Yes, but, uh, yes. Okay, so, so Mapalo, yes. I feel like we've, we've kind of given yeah, the listeners yeah. a good idea of what to do if, you know, if they've taken the payment holiday, how to get out of that and the consequences of it. But I think we need to get back to your rant. About yes, yes. About the debt. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now another very disturbing um, survey or stats have been, have come through and you're writing on this as well, Maya. Um, Experian, the credit bureau, released some figures to show um, the consumer default index. It is looking bad i don't have any other word for it it is looking bad maya um what is happening why are people defaulting what are the numbers looking like so this uh, this index is is very interesting what they do is they look at new time defaulters so they're looking at how many people who've never defaulted before have defaulted now and these figures that they've done were from February to, to April. So they actually shifted, normally they do it in quarters, you know, January to March, but because of lockdown and COVID, they actually shifted it. So they look from February to April. And it is a 20% increase in the number of people, increase, so not 20, but so, so from normal percentage level of, of new def, of defaulters, the new defaulters have increased by 20% just in those three months. It means that new defaults, not existing new defaults, have defaulted on about 20, yeah, so people never defaulted before, have defaulted on 20 billion rands worth of debt. So that means that, so say you have a, a if you put it in context, say you have, a, have a, a home loan of a million rand and you've defaulted on a, that million rand is what we're talking about, that you've defaulted on that, that not just the three months of, of installments. So they, they're saying 20 billion rand new defaulters so that you know you we, we, you said earlier about you know when is this economy going to recover we keep talking as if this is you know and I said this is not a blip and then I said this is not a blip because this is telling us this is not a blip if people defaulted in February March and April in February there was no COVID in February there was no lockdown so remember the numbers we're seeing now yes 
there could be an element of COVID and lockdown in those numbers. But those numbers are telling me that there was a big problem before lockdown started. A big problem. I, I don't know, Maya. You know, for me, it really just brings to the conversation again we normally have. Um, and I think I was talking about this on my live session yesterday that if you cannot, if the bank says you qualify for a million rand worth of a house, do not go for the million rand. You know, do that affordability. Can I actually afford this? What, what put different scenarios um, in your budget to say, okay, will I be resilient if? I get hit. We didn't know COVID-19 was going to happen. If your income is reduced, just put different scenarios. I think just try to be a bit more money conscious. I think for me, that's what COVID-19 also is teaching me. But these mm. numbers are crazy, Maya, crazy. And I think what was also interesting for me with these numbers, you know, we've known the lower end, lower earners have been really badly hit by the economy already. Okay? Yeah. So they were, we saw credit defaults in, the, in retail store cards are massive. Okay. Sure. They are just collapsing. In fact, the, um, I think Experian last week already did a, did a press release saying it's the end of the store card because the retailers, the defaults are now too high that, that possibly they're going to have to stop doing store cards or start getting very aggressive um, around their criteria for lending out money. That is how bad retail but, I mean, cards are. That should Massive be, that should be the way things are already. I mean, it's, it's, it's ludicrous that people get access to credit so easily and there, is, there aren't prudent measures to say, okay, will you actually be able to pay it off over a couple of of months or not so i think yes there are like the negatives are many but i think if that's what can come out of this COVID 19 that lenders themselves become more responsible i think that's a good thing not so good if you earn shares in retail in in clothing stores i mean look at edcon i mean edcon is now closing so so those are the consequences actually my brother-in-law works for my brother-in-law works for edcon so it's it's a very personal Mm thing for for our family as well so it's 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 hard it's, it's hard, hard but it shows you that it shows you that people have cannot afford clothing anymore because they're defaulting on those repayments so so we got a, a massive problem building up there yeah. but what was interesting in these figures so we know the what's happening in the retail card space we know what's happening to what they call sort of all the mass market but what was interesting in these numbers my brother, do you know who had the biggest jump in first time defaults were the high end earners Ooh. So when I talk high-end mm. earners, these are home loans of more than 1.2 million or car finance for, um, on 450,000 or more. So, so sure. that was what they call luxury living. And, then, and they make up about 2.5% of the population. And then you've got your aspirational achievers, which make up about 10% of the population. That's, that's home loans of about 550,000 up or car finance 250,000 up. Those two segments have had the biggest jump in new defaults. So what that's showing is that this is now moving up the chain. So this this economic yes. slowdown and chaos that we've seen for the last three years, um, it's kind of really wiped out. We know the problems in, in the mass market. And in fact, they didn't see an increase in defaults on retail cards because everybody's going to de- default on a retail card is now defaulted on it. So they didn't even see that those numbers actually didn't yes. worsen. What they saw significant um, weakening was actually in what we would call the affluent space, the asset financing, the, the secured finance, car finance, mm, home loans. Mm. So people are now... And home loans. Who, and, and if you think about it, you know, people may not pay their store cards or those sort of things, but they make sure they meet their car repayments because you know how quick a bank is to, to take the car back, like, you know, 
they literally for three months they will be there at your door okay yeah and obviously your home loan and i mean obviously you need somewhere to live so that's that's a priority and these also did not um you know this is over and above so the people who defaulted in these segments are over and above those who would have taken the the credit holidays so i think i think the credit holidays or the debt holidays we spoke about earlier we'll only probably see more in the sort of april may june numbers because remember they only came through then they weren't available beforehand but it also, and you said that at the beginning of the podcast, what about those people who didn't qualify for the debt repayment holiday? This is, this is who didn't qualify, these people. Because remember, they've defaulted by, by April, they've defaulted, yes. which means by April, they've already missed repayments on their homeland. So all of these people, there's really, I mean, they were stuck before COVID, before lockdown. So yeah. what are they going to do? how is their economy going to change so significantly that when, when we all back up and we all be able to go shopping again and eating at restaurants, is it really going to improve? Because this, what we're seeing, these numbers are not COVID numbers. These numbers to me are the last consequences of the last four years. Oh, Maya, I don't know. This podcast today is just making me comfy. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is the solution though? I mean, I have no answers today. I just so, don't have any answers today. I think, I mean, I think there's a couple, I think there's on, on a macro level, we know they've spoken about um, debt relief bills um, and that's kind of was parked for a bit. I think we're going to see that coming back on, especially for lower income earners where debt yeah. is going to get wiped out. It's just going to be clean. Slates are going to be clean. I don't even want to talk to you about the consequences of that on lending and risk no, and no, no, all of that, no, but I don't know no, what you do no. at this point. Um, if you are a retailer and everyone's defaulting, I don't know how this is all going to work, but you know, if the economy doesn't start to grow and people don't start to get jobs, how are they going to repay those debts? As I said, especially those people who live in the unsecured credit world, you know, there's nothing to sell. They can't sell a house or a car to pay it back. So if they don't have a job and their family don't have jobs and even more of their family don't have jobs now after COVID, then what? So I think we will see some kind of big macro moves there. Um, and, and then I think it is yeah. also about, you know, we've spoken so much about how to tackle your debt and deal with your debt. But, you know, if you're now down three months and you've defaulted um, and you're struggling, I think debt counseling is going to become, especially for the more affluent class. So I think there's there are people, there's this mindset that, oh, debt counseling is for a certain type of person. I'm not that person. My kid goes to a private school. I drive the car. I have the house. I think that segment, and we've spoken about this before, uh, when we spoke about the, the, the numbers, I think in January we did a podcast on, on this affluent number that's increasing in debt counseling. Um, I think we're going to see more and more people reaching for those sort of solutions, finding debt counseling solutions. Uh, and, and, and I think people, if you're listening to this and you're one of them and you're like, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to carry on, getting into debt counseling before legal action happens against your car and your house is a very good idea, but maybe we need to do a whole podcast and what to watch out for before you sign up with a debt counselor, because that's, that's uh, there's, there's unfortunately there's a lot of fly by nights. Um, and, and you really want to be working with, with qualified and good debt counselors who use, use proper processes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there is some good news. There are some options for you to look at, but I think definitely Maya, let's do a podcast on, you know, what to look out for and get a qualified person and, 
you know, someone who's not going to just take you for a ride and just add on to your already existing stress. So there is always light at the end. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I think also with one of the big, big things of debt counseling, which can be, which is massively huge in benefit. And this is where getting the right debt counselor. So there's two ways of putting someone under debt counseling. So just as a quick, quick, tip um the the there's something called the debt counseling rules system and what they do is they solve for the debt within five years by reducing the interest so they will go to the banks and they will say to the banks or the credit card or the store card we can we reduce your interest the interest rates the banks won't move on home loans um because that's already quite low uh, but generally you can reduce any short-term debt um, interest rates and they'll renegotiate those for you. So they can wipe off a couple of thousand rand a month just on lowering the interest rates. Then you get another group of debt counselors, Mapolo, who shall not be named, who simply extend your debt term up to seven years. So they lower your repayments, not because you're paying less interest, but over a longer term. And as we've just seen with the debt payment holiday, the longer you take to pay off debt, it will cost you significant. And I'm seriously concerned about those debt counselors and what they're doing. And I think that there is an upside to them in that they, they remember they earn 5% every month of the, of the payment that you make. So the longer you're paying back for, the better. Exactly. I think there must be something unethical in their behavior, but it is legal what they're doing. It's unethical, but it's legal. So I just want to make a statement right now. Check, you know, if you're going to go into debt, to talk to a debt counselor, find out how they negotiate and that they take that time and effort to negotiate with the bank. Yeah. I think Maya will also, um, around the podcast on uh, debt counseling and um, those options, I think maybe we can put it out on Twitter, do some sort of campaign so that, you know, people are aware of, of all these pitfalls when it comes to debt consolidation and debt counseling. I may just pull in one of the debt counselors I know who does it properly um, and just, just to get there to get there. Um, yeah. To get, to explain how it actually works. Um, so I think also if, if people are listening and, you, and you've got questions, the most, the biggest question we get below is how do I exit debt review? Um, and there's one answer. It's very simple. It's pay off your debts. It's the only way you can pay exit debt review. So don't, that's it. You can give me a 5 million stories. The law is the court. It's a court ordered uh, it's court ordered and you can only exit it when you've settled your debts, not before. Yes, yes. All right, Maya. I hope that was not too dreary for people. <laughs> like we said, there's always um, light at the end of the tunnel, but I think really COVID-19 and everything that's happening in our economy has been a complete, complete wake-up call. Absolutely. And I think use this as a wake-up call. And if you're not one of those people struggling with your debts, use this time to to really consult, to to kind of boost your emergency funds, you know, and, and take stock. So that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 64 554 3959 and we look forward to hearing from you because we want to know what it is that you want to know you've been listening to the my money my lifestyle podcast featuring the contributors of the city press personal finance pages